Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. This is the last podcast until the official training camp starts on July 27th. We wrapped up three days of the Saints mini camp here right on campus. I'm Aaron Summers joined by John DeShazer. John, as we look at the culmination of offseason camps, OTAs, what are some of the things that like, stood out to you about the team? Well, uh, I've always thought with the main thing is nobody got hurt. That's always huge. Sure. <laughs> nobody got hurt during these drills because um, you don't want to see somebody pick up an injury in non-contact situations. So that's always good. Liked seeing Jameis Winston back, even though he's still got that slight limp and he's got the brace, but still uh, he's functional. If if he had to play a game next weekend, I think he could. Mm-hmm. And so good to see that from Jarvis Landry at receiver is exactly what what the Saints thought they were getting, uh, exactly what uh, we thought he was, especially when he's healthy. Uh, he's going to be something. We've seen a lot of good stuff from Chris Olave, uh, especially a, a catch. You know, you're supposed to be in non-contact situations in practice, but he caught one between a couple of defenders where he took some contact and came down with it, uh, which was a really nice play for him. Defensively, uh, more than anything, uh, you know, Bryce Thompson probably stood out the most because he's been around the most, but he's figuring out the system. He was on a practice squad last year, and he had some good some good burst. Uh, Coach Dennis Allen mentioned Carl Granderson. I've got to admit, watching offensive and defensive mm-hmm. linemen during these situations isn't a big thing for me because they don't have any pads on. They're not doing a whole lot of one-on-ones. So, But uh, if, if D.A. says he saw it, then I'm going to trust him on that one. Uh, but and and of course seeing you know small things, but will will Lutz coming back mm-hmm. at kicker, uh, and you know Blake Gillikin being healthy at punter, but will Lutz coming back as much as anything, uh, you're gonna have big contributions from him because you know the Saints were lacking at kicker last year. So when he's healthy, uh, and if he's gonna play to what his career stats have been, then that's gonna be a huge boost for the team. Missed Michael Thomas, you know being on the field. But we Even, see him. Yeah, we'll see him, and we'll see Taysom Hill also. So once those guys get back on the field, that makes the offense complete. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, he'll come back healthy. Uh, the 2019 Michael Thomas, uh, health-wise, even if not statistically-wise, but health-wise. And, of course, Taysom Hill being healthy uh, gives you another offensive weapon also. So it's just good to see guys healthy, good to see them on the field, good to see them, you know, kind of resembling what you think they're going to. You'd like to see it a whole lot more in training camp when the the competition really jumps up and you can actually get some things done. It was really interesting to see just actually out there on the field how many weapons that it seems like we have on the offensive side of the ball now. Last year, it was tough uh, as far as the wide receiver group goes. Even we see more options at running back. We brought in David Johnson this week for a tryout. So it seems like there's a lot more options out there now that Winston knows that this is going to be his team. Yeah, if you if you get, you know, again, you get Michael Thomas, you get, you know, draft Chris Olave, moved up to get him. So that tells yeah. you what the Saints thought about him. And, and bringing in Jarvis Landry. Um, now you could completely have you'll, – you'll have a completely different top three receivers. And that's not to to slight, you know, Marquez Callaway and Deontay Hardy and and those guys who played the position last year. But, you know, you're talking about Michael Thomas, who was the NFL offensive player of the year. And you're talking about, you know, Jarvis Landry, who's been a three or four time pro bowler. And you're talking about Chris Olave, who many people believed 
was the best receiver in the draft. Mm -hmm. So you go from a, a position of weakness, so to speak, to a position of strength because you get all those snaps that Callaway and Hardy played last year at receiver. Now you get to integrate that into what those other three guys that we just mentioned can do. And now that position becomes a much, much more dangerous position. Even without Michael Thomas out there, you felt so much better walking away after minicamp these past three days with what you were seeing. We've mentioned Jarvis Landry making some unbelievable one-handed catches. I think pretty much every day we saw him do something that really stood out. And then defensively, we see some of the new guys that are getting filtered in. Alante Taylor's been out there. He seems like he's got a good rapport with some of the guys that are here already. He's talked about Paulson Adebo. He was out there with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. How do you think some of the rookies are meshing with the team at this point? Well, Alante's going to play. He's going to play. He's a second-round pick. He's going to play, and he's going to play a lot because you need DBs uh, in the NFL. So he's going to play, and he's going to help this team, I, I think. Um, you, you know, the Jackson twins, DeMarco and um, and Justin. Um, and Justin, uh, we'll see. We'll see how that works out, because, again, you've got some some needs at linebacker. DeMarco can fit in there. Uh, you got some needs on the defensive end uh, on the defensive line, because you always need depth at the defensive line position. Guys get hurt and significant guys get hurt. The only guy who doesn't get hurt is Cam Johns, Cam, Cam Jordan, mm -hmm. everybody else gets hurt, unfortunately, and misses time. So you need depth there. So it's good to see the Saints have some guys there. I think the rookies will be playing some. You know, at least they'll be around uh, for practice squad, if nothing else, early. But they'll have some chances to play because, again, guys get hurt and uh, they play special teams. Yeah. And if you play special teams, that's your first path to getting on the field in the NFL unless you are a top 10, 15 pick. Your first path to getting on the field is being able to play special teams. Right. At this point in time, you have 90 spots on your roster. They had a couple extra guys because they were tryouts. They have not signed. Delonte Taylor, one of those players who has not signed yet, but will, obviously. And then once you get to the main camp, you know, it starts with 90, and then you start dwindling things down. After the first preseason game, you have to cut five. After the second, you have to cut five more. And then we're looking for that magic number of 53 16 allowed on the practice squad again this season. We saw that number increase during COVID and it has stayed that way. So there are opportunities for players to find a spot outside of those starting roles, as you mentioned, special teams or maybe even on the practice squad. We've talked about some of the other rookies, but Trevor Penning, who's been getting some time out there just to kind of get comfortable with what they want to do on the offensive line, some of the techniques he's talked about, didn't really have a lot of opportunity to kind of fine tune some of those things when he was in college. But Doug Marone comes in and then Zach Streif seems like he's done really good work with some of these guys. Well, the, the benefit of having Zach there is, is Trevor is going to be playing left tackle and, and Zach Streif played right tackle in the NFL for, mm -hmm. you know, 10, 12 years. So, you know, who better to tutor him in, in that area and, and Trevor Penning, look, you don't, you don't draft a guy in the first round for him not to start. And I think everybody knows that. And mm -hmm. at some point this season, I don't know if it's going to be game one or game three or game five, but he's going to start. If, even if it's not in the starting lineup, he'll start out as the jumbo tight end, I'm sure. Uh, and he'll be a guy who can play either tackle position if someone were to get injured. But, you know, I fully expect to see him playing and starting at left tackle. Uh, he's got some humongous size. Yeah. And 
of course, he's got that mean streak he brings with him. <laughs> and he's a guy who's eager to learn. And, you know, the only way you learn how to play in the NFL, really learn how to play, is that you got to be out there. You got to be exposed to it. Uh, he'll see some things that he never thought about seeing at Northern Iowa mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL, but he's got to adapt to it. And that's what training camp is for when you put on those pads and you get into those preseason games, which will be interesting also. I think uh, the first preseason game and the joint practices with Green Bay will be invaluable for him because I don't know how much he's going to play. He'll probably play a decent amount in that that second preseason game just because he's a rookie. But a lot of the times in the preseason, you get the real work in those joint practices. And a lot of times they won't even, you know, let the starters play maybe, you know, a series in that preseason game because they've had so many quality snaps in the joint practices. So it'll be interesting to see what happens against Green Bay. But he'll take a jump in his learning just from training camp, going full speed here against defensive ends and then going to Green Bay in those joint practices, those things will be invaluable to his growth. How about just the fact that we finally had a regular off season for the first time since 2019? So it's not only beneficial for the rookies that have come in this year, but last year, even two years ago, third year guys like Cesar Ruiz, they have an opportunity now to really work on some things. Hopefully, you know, kind of get those fundamentals ingrained once they get to training camp and then, you know, the season actually starts. But this has been huge, I think, teaching-wise for a lot of players. Yeah, and, and you you know, you reflect on that and those guys, you know, they were supposed to be working out individually. There was supposed to be no contact. Of course, you know, I'm sure they lied and they did some workouts. But it's different than being in the team concept mm-hmm. and being along the offensive line and developing that chemistry and that cohesion uh, which goes so far when you're talking about you know your position group and so now you're able to get out there on the field and get out there with your teammates and learn those nuances and tendencies and work on those combinations that they weren't able to do until they got all the way to training camp and that stunted everybody's growth again you can work out with a guy but it's different than working out with your entire position group. Uh, it's different uh, than having your coach out there to specifically tell you what you need to do and being able to demonstrate it for you as opposed to you know trying to do it virtually. So that, that's invaluable for Cesar Ruiz, for Trevor Penning, who's coming in as a rookie, and for everybody else along that offensive line uh, because even though you have some veterans there who are accustomed to playing with one another, it still helps to be able to get out there and reestablish that chemistry. Oh, when we do this, I can depend on him to cover that. Uh, those kinds of things. Zach Streve, you know, used to tell us about that with he and, and Jari Evans, mm-hmm. you know, right guard and right tackle, how they had basically a relationship where it was kind of ESPN. Each knew exactly what the other was going to do and how to cover for him once he took a certain angle or took a certain step and they already knew what to do for one another. So you hope to develop those kinds of tendencies. The way that the offensive line went last year with the injuries and people moving in and out too, hopefully they're able to develop some more chemistry and and those kinds of just the knowing where everybody is and everyone's roles a little bit better going into this season. Somebody that will be great and much needed to have back on the field is Will Lutz. You mentioned him getting cleared on Monday to participate in full activities. We actually saw him going through some of the work for the first time live action since probably it's been over a year and he looked good. Yeah. I mean, he's got his distance. Didn't have his accuracy quite right, but you know, it, they hadn't had the operation either. He's, he's not been able to kick with Blake Gilligan as his, his holder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to get the snap hole kick operation together, but it was, you know, a good, it's good to see him out there 
pain-free, um, being able to go through it. because, And we know the kind of worker he is. We know, look, his accuracy is going to be there when the Saints need it. The distance will be there when the Saints need it. Um, and so it's just good to see him back. He won't kick as much in training camp. He's already pretty much indicated that because what he says is, you know, you want quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy who's coming back from that core injury where basically it kept him out the entire season where he never could get right. And the Saints paid for it. They probably lost – I'm guessing they probably lost two games because of kickers. And so nine and eight suddenly becomes what that would have been 11 and six. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're in the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was costly for them last year. If you have Will Lutz, I don't think you lose those two games and getting him back, just seeing him healthy. is going to give a certain confidence to the special teams units because you get in a situation where, if you don't trust the kicker, everybody can get a little bit deflated. Now, you know, you can say what you want to say, but you can't tell me there can't be some anger, you know, because everybody's doing the job except this guy. Mm-hmm. And so now you're looking around like, gee whiz, now we got to be a little bit more perfect because we can't really depend on that. Well, hopefully, Will Lutz removes that having to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You can get it into a certain range, and you can depend on him to make that kick. Yeah, after last season, I think they would – appreciate just good right now yeah consistent uh doesn't have to be perfect you've talked to some of the players we've talked to them after some of these these camps and everybody keeps talking about all of the guys to their right and left you you look around the locker room you look out on the field and the kind of talent that we have on this team right now the additions that they brought in with free agency the draftees it seems like this is a really solid group and even though we had a coaching change, you still bring in consistency in the coaching side as well. I don't know, how how are you feeling about this season? Not trying to make any predictions here, but no, I, I feel better. But I feel as good about this one as I felt about last year. Yeah. And last year, I felt real good because I mean, they basically said, "Okay, we got a, a good enough team to where we can almost pretty much run it back." They went nine and eight with four quarterbacks, which. I don't know if I've ever heard of that for an NFL team to play four quarterbacks in a season. Maybe mm-hmm. it's happened before. I don't know. But to go nine and eight with four quarterbacks and I think four kickers um, was was huge. So basically, the they most said starters look, that there's ever been in yeah. an NFL season. Yeah, so they, starters. yeah so they yeah. basically said, look, we we can add a couple of things here. We get Jameis Winston back healthy. We get Michael Thomas back healthy. Uh, you get. Uh, Peyton Turner back healthy. That's almost like adding a first round pick because he didn't play much last right. year. Uh, you get you get Marcus Davenport hopefully back healthy for an entire season, and he's a menace when he is out there at defensive end. And so you feel good about what the prospects of this team are. This defense didn't need any changes at all. But even though you lose Malcolm Jenkins on the secondary, you bring in Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, you lose. You know, uh, um, Marcus Williams, but you add in Marcus May and then you draft Delonte Taylor, who might be able to play some there. You bring back P.J. Williams, who has shown he can play there. So they feel really good about the defense. And now the offense is basically not so much that they need to score 35 a game, but I think Jameis showed last year that he's learned to not turn it over. You Mm -hmm. know, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions, and, you know, a little less than seven games. It's huge if you don't turn the ball over. Now you don't have to be perfect on offense. You can just be pretty good and score when you get those you know, golden opportunities like they did last year when they were so efficient in the red zone early in the year. That's what you're looking for offensively. And so, you know, and then even if you don't even if you're not looking specifically specifically for that, they've got the explosiveness because 
Alave and Landry and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Mm -hmm. uh, they've got some people who can play, can really play their positions. So I, I like what I see. It's early, of course, <laughs> but I like what I see. And we don't really know how Taysom Hill is going to fit in at this point. But Look, if he's healthy, if he's healthy, he, he can really do anything. Yeah, if he's healthy, he's gonna. I don't. I don't want this to sound like an insult. If he's healthy, he's probably going to be the best tight end on this team, uh -huh. and he also can play some 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 snaps at quarterback when you want to run that power, mm -hmm. and he also can play a little running back if you want him to. And then on special teams, people forget this dude comes pretty close to blocking a punt just about every time he rushes. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of ways where he can help you and he can sway a game. Uh, you just want him to be healthy because if he's healthy, he gives you maybe your, you know, I, last year he probably was the best offensive player on this team. When yeah. James yeah. <laughs> so, you know, now, now suddenly he only needs to be the fourth, fifth, maybe sixth best offensive player. Well, how much better does that make you that you've got four or five guys that you feel like are better than him offensively. So it'll be good to see him back and healthy. Yeah, nobody this season has to be the guy, has to do everything. So a lot less pressure on everybody else, kind of really go into it as a, a full team effort here. And we've talked about the leadership that each of these units has across the board. There's solid veterans at each position. I know we listened to Cam Jordan talk about that for a while on Thursday after practice. It's it's going to be exciting. And then you have, of course, Dennis Allen moving into his first year as the head coach. He said he was a little more excited going into this season. Just a little bit different feeling for him actually being in charge of the camp and the structure of everything and, and what's going to happen. What have you seen from him that's maybe been different from, from what you've seen from him as a defensive coordinator? Well, he, he kind of looks like the same guy. Now, what he learned from is that Oakland experience. And, and you know, he – We'll never say it out loud, and you know he he might not admit to it, but you know that was not a great experience. Um, he was not set up for no. success in Oakland, and it showed in in the team's record. Here he he set up number one set up for success, and two he's got a much better relationship with the front office in terms of you know what the vision is and what you what you're looking for and the kind of players you want and the way you want to operate as an organization. And so, you know, the things he learned from, you know, from Oakland, I mean, now it's one of those situations where you got to take the job, even if it's a bad job, because mm -hmm. there's only 32 of them in the NFL. So you got to take the job. But now he's got one of the better jobs organizationally and team wise. And so now you, you mix in everything he's learned in the seven years he's been back here. He got a chance to watch Sean Payton. And, you know, there were, um, there were a ton of things that he took away that he probably said, you know what, if I'm when I'm a coach again, I'll do that. When I'm a coach again, I won't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, those things you all factor in into, and then you put your own personality on it. Because like you said, there's no need to overhaul anything here. This is a successful franchise. So he can just come in and put his little tweaks in and go from that standpoint. So he looks really relaxed. But he, you know, just talking to him the last couple of years, he's he really sounds pretty much like the same guy. Yeah. It's been a fun past month or so getting some football back around here, being able to see the fans the first two days of mini camp. And they'll be back here once training camp starts July 27th. That is when we will be back. But until then, we're going to take a little break. The players are getting out of the building. They're going to be able to rest a little bit before things really ramp up.
you know, late, late July. Everybody's running for the exits right now. Everybody <laughs> is running for the exits. So, you know, when we sign back in late July, I think, I don't want to be wrong here. I think training camp is going to start around July 27th. But whenever it is, it's always late July. And um, by then, hopefully, everybody will be refreshed and ready for it because, it's one, it's going to be hot. Yeah. And, two, um, the Saints should, on paper anyway, have a pretty good team and have a pretty yeah. good chance of doing some things. So it's going to be exciting and it's going to be warm. And and they should be healthy because we did hear yeah. that we expect most everybody to be ready and available to go for training camp. Yeah, you get all those guys on the field. Uh, the good thing about training camp now is everything's, you know, a ramp up. So, you know, you don't have as much contact as you used to have in the old days. You probably don't need as much contact as you used to have in the old days. And so you can get quality work in without beating each other's brains in and getting guys hurt unnecessarily. So hopefully, knock wood, the Saints can get through that portion of it and get to the regular season. Of course, somebody's going to get hurt, but, you know, with a minimal mm-hmm. injury count and, uh, and and be ready for it. Can I take one for the team? Can I be the person that gets injured, I guess? I'm sure the team would mind that. <laughs> it, I'm sure the team – well, it depends on what kind of injury you're talking about now. Yeah, as long true. as it's something minor because you don't want to fool around and break something. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to take a, a little hammy, then, you know, they'll take that. <laughs> All right. That is John DeShazer. I'm Aaron Summers. Thank you so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast. You can find it on NewOrleansSaints.com or Apple iTunes. It's always presented by SeatGeek. We appreciate you listening every week, and we will be back once training camp starts in about a month. So until then, enjoy the summer. <laughs>